Let's open the word of the Lord a moment. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. Last week we were talking about, actually a couple of weeks ago. This is going to be uh, part two. But about three weeks ago I started talking about the blessing is in the root. And today I want to continue that. So I want to talk about the blessing is in the root part two. So we're going to go to, I believe it's Psalms 92. I made one mistake in cutting and pasting. And I believe it's Psalms 92, verses 12. So check it out for me. See if, if, you, if it comes out. Yeah? 92? Okay. Because I only had like verse 12. I'm still learning how to use the gift you gave me. Before I, I did everything in writing. Now, now I'm trying to... Trying to learn, trying to come out of the dark ages. So, Psalms 92, verse 12 on. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version. It says, The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. And verse 14, growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in the verdure of trust and love and contentment. Father, we thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal to us the very things that you would have us to understand at a personal level, my God. I pray that your word would go deep into the hearts and the spirits of each and every person here. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. I pray you think through my mind and speak through my lips today. We do glorify your name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Have the children gone downstairs already? Amen. Last week or three weeks ago, I had uh, begun to share what trees do and how trees are able to survive and thrive. Um, because the Bible says we're like trees in various places. And then Jesus himself in John 15 said, I am the vine and you are the branches. So there's a lot of analogy versus a tree and a human being. And we started by saying that the righteous are as trees, which means that we're connected. We're connected to Almighty God. So this whole thing happens as a result of our connection with Almighty God. It happens as a result of our connection with the Lord Jesus. Today, as you are worshiping Him in the front, see, that's covenant language when you're worshiping Almighty God. You see, the Lord Jesus doesn't shack up. He doesn't do one-nighters. He does covenant. He marries. So when you decide to enter into covenant with him, it's as a marriage. And the Bible says that um, our relationship with the Lord Jesus is similar to a marriage. And then, it, then they call it something mysterious because it, it's somewhat akin to an earthly marriage. And marriage gets very intimate. And out of that intimacy, children comes forth. A, ma a family is born. Uh, a society increases and grows. So when we look at the kingdom of God and our relationship to our Lord Jesus, it's as a marriage. 
and our worship is that intimacy. And in that intimacy, we speak to him and we tell him how precious he is, how awesome he is. And he responds by his Holy Spirit, by affirming us, by washing us, by blessing us, by increasing us, by giving us discernment, by telling us those deep things that the world doesn't understand. That's why sometimes people think you're crazy because you know things that they don't know. And later on, when they find out through the track and the period of time that what you said actually came to pass, they can go, who are you? You're, you're weird. You're mystical. No, no, no. I, I'm married. See, my, my wife knows things. I tell her things I won't tell you. Really. I tell her things that I will not tell you. I will never tell you. Yes, she knows. She knows the real me. And that's why I tell you guys, guys, Your real witness as to the fact that you're a man of God or not is your wife. Really, so we have to live it at home before we can model it out, out there. But having said that, that is what we want. We want that openness, that transparency in our relationship with Almighty God. I'm hiding nothing with my Heavenly Father. And He loves me just the way I am. And then He changes me and He, and he helps me to grow in my faith. So it's very important. We are righteous. We're connected to Him. Then the next thing I said was that roots of a tree just have an innate knowledge and ability to be able to find food. When a tree first gets planted as a little, little nugget, a little seed... After a short season being on the ground in the hidden place, it starts sprouting the main trunk. And, and this particular trunk or this root, the primary root, starts going down to create several things. But the first thing is stability. So when God is starting to work on you, much of the work that he starts in you will be unnoticeable to human eyes. Because God first works in darkness. He works in the hidden places, in the deep places of your heart, of your character. People might not be able to see the change. Well, you've been going to church for three months, and I still see no change. <laughs> yeah, people are quick to criticize. But yet they don't know. The trunk is going deep. Because the tree is going to have to be strong. Because once it starts flying upward, now it gets exposed. It gets exposed to rodents, to animals. It gets exposed uh, to people. It gets exposed to the weather, storms, the sun. Sun can be brutal. Storms can be brutal. It gets exposed to water. So it has to be strong. So before you can ever see any fruit, you got to see some root. And the degree of healthy root is the degree of healthy fruit. See, so... You want God to build deep in you. You want God to create a deep root system because it's the root system that's going to give you the fruit system. Amen. Hallelujah. And our relationship and our dependence with Almighty God is what helps to create that deep root system. So as it grows, first thing it does, the primary trunk starts going downward, and then it starts creating feeder trunks or, 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 or feeder root systems. There are smaller systems that go out to the north, 
the east, the west, and the south. They don't stay in one place. They don't go just one way. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was sharing with you that some of us, we want God to move just one way. Or we just seeking provision one way. It has to be this way, this way, this way. No, no, no. The tree, the tree innately knows it's going to go all over the place. Seeking. It's going to be seeking, seeking, seeking. It's not going to be satisfied with just one move. And I was filled with the Spirit of God in 1959. And God healed my hangnail in 1972. So that's my testimony wherever I go. No, no. God wants to do some things now in your life. And God's giving you wisdom in Sunday school. He's giving you wisdom at the marketplace, in the job, when you open up your Bible at home, going home in a train, listening to the music or listening to the messages. You have to seek 360. Don't just seek one way. See, trees innately know that. Then the next thing I said is that as they go out, they take their time. They're not quick to create their root system. Roots are slow. You can measure them, but you have to measure them month at a time, six months at a time. In other words, they're not quick to create covenant relationships. Some of us make friends too quickly. Now, I want you to have a lot of acquaintances, a lot of contacts, but I don't want you to have friends too quickly. Because you really don't know people until crises arise, <clears throat> until you get scammed. A lot of the people that want to befriend me too quickly, I get worried right now. Because I've learned that some people that try to come at you too quickly, they have ulterior motives. They have a plan, an agenda, and sometimes it's not a good agenda. Sometimes it's good, but see, that's why time will tell, and trees are smart that way. They don't go into environments very quickly, and they have the tip of the root system. It actually goes. It's, it's actually looking, and it tastes, and it smells, and it feels, and if it feels something toxic, you'll actually see the root go like this. Trees have more discernment than we do. But if we're connected, if we're connected, say to your neighbor, if we're connected, we'll do the same thing. Say, hey, how, God, God bless you. How are you, Spirit? I got to say a check. You know what check means? A check in the Spirit. Stop or beware. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> in, other words, in other words, don't let people in too quickly. Because what you're interested in is forming covenant relationships. Now, yeah, preach to everybody. I'm talking about the ones that you let in your inner circle. Don't let in people too quickly. <clears throat> Learn from the trees. Because the righteous are as trees. Then I said this. These roots, they have an ability to touch other roots. And then once they touch each other and they recognize that they are some form of plant, they intermingle and they actually become one. Even though it's not the same tree. It's amazing. I love mushrooms. They're, they're really tasty. But you know, they're like a fungus. You know that, right? But they're a beneficial fungus. Most of them are to your body, so don't worry. Eat. eat. They're really good for you. But you know the roots of these things actually connect with trees? And then scientists, when they bore core holes, or yeah, the core holes, through and they, they, they take a piece of the root system, they find all different types of shrubs and trees, different types of trees, fungus. And then when they investigate, they found that to every one of these trees and plants, the same beneficial nutrients and water is flowing to all of them. 
So they have an ability, even though they don't talk like you and I do, they don't send emails, at least not the way we do. But one tree is able to communicate with another tree. And they're able to say the water is over here. It's not like, it's not like that movie where when the two little daikinis, they go, that away. Yeah, they were very confused. That's a very old movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. In other words, they're not confused. They know exactly what they're doing because they communicate with each other. They become almost like a hub system or a network, and they're able to process information, resources. That's another thing. They share with each other, and they have no problem doing so. Why does the body of Christ have a problem sharing with each other? It's because we really don't have, we're not connected to the vine. That's what happens. Because when we are connected, we no longer have a problem sharing with others. I don't have to be the smartest man in the room. I just have to be the best me in the room because I have something to give. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that's right. Praise God. That's, that's how you guys praise God, right? right? Let's do it one time. Come on. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I love that about trees. Then the other thing we learned about trees is that the older trees become hubs for the younger trees. Isn't that interesting that the Bible says that the older folk in the church, the ones that are more seasoned, the ones, the ones that have been there longer in the church, the ones that have lived longer can serve as mentors to the younger brethren. Hallelujah. That's amazing. But the trees innately know this. Now let's go to part two because I didn't get enough time. You, you, you didn't give me enough time last time. You got to give me some more time. Praise God. So let me go into my little... <clears throat> Electronic, uh, I'm learning, guys. So we're point one, so now we're going to go to two. There you go. All right, so point A of what I want to share today. The righteous flourish like a palm tree. Interesting that it says palm tree. Have you ever been able to look at a palm tree? I mean a real palm tree? Wow, how beautiful they are. Every time I go south or I go to Puerto Rico, one of the first things I want to do is go to a palm tree. And just to confirm that, that, that I'm not sleeping, I, I go to it and I touch it. If it's, yeah, right? And I go, ah, oh, I'm really here. Hi, palm tree. <laughs> yeah, I just, they, they uh, me fascinan. Las palmeras me fascinan. So I love them. It, it also reminds me that I'm in a really nice, warm spot. And it's just my own pet peeve. I just, not pet peeve, but a... Just a personal thing I like to do. I really enjoy that. But what's interesting about these palm trees is that when the storms come, the palm trees know how to handle a storm. They just innately know how to handle a storm. They're not stiff because if they were stiff, they would break. So palm trees are flexible. So when the storm comes, you actually see the palm going like this. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Oh. Hallelujah. See, they know how to praise God in the middle of the storm. <laughs> now, I say that because remember when the disciples went with Jesus in the boat? And they're in the Sea of Galilee, and, and Jesus went to the back room, and he went to sleep. The disciples see that a storm starts brewing. And suddenly, you got these, like, flash storms that show up in that region. 
And now the boat's getting smacked left and right. And they go, oh, my God. So finally, they went to Jesus and they woke him up. He said, Master, don't you care that we perish? They went to wake him up because he was sleeping in the middle of a storm. So Jesus looked at him. He goes, you have little faith. Why did he say you have little faith? He goes to the front of the boat. He goes, peace, be still. And the storm calms down. He goes back to sleep. So the disciples go, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what they said. Who is this guy that even nature obeys him? They were blown away. But one thing they forgot in the beginning before they left, he said, we're going to the other side. Amen. You don't understand. When God says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. So you don't have to worry. They had his word. But meanwhile, oh my God, we're perishing, we're perishing. God's saying, I gave you my word. In other words, true peace isn't the absence of problems or issues or circumstances. Peace is you have his word. So while you're walking through the storms, you have his word. So you're at peace because you know he's going to take you through it. God, take me away. I said, nope, I'm going to put you through it. The reason why he's taking you through it is he wants you to develop trust in him. And he wants to build you up. So when we go through stuff, we get built up. We get stronger. Anybody here does exercise? Yeah, a lot of you do. I know. I, you know, I, I go like that to your shoulders. You, you know, boom. Buff, buff. Now, are you taking a pill that makes you buff? I would love to create a pill that just makes me buff. Boom. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> no, you got to lift weights. It's resistant. You got to go through it in order to, amen. Same thing in your faith. For you to have a buff faith, for you to be strong in faith, you have to go through stuff. That's how we're formed. And this wonderful tree is able to weather the storm. But why? It's because of the root system. The root system holds it. It's not enough to be flexible. You've got to be strong also. You have to have a strong root system. So the Bible says that we're like that. We're not only flexible, but we're strong in our faith. Amen. We're strong in our confidence with Almighty God. We know how to survive and resist the storms. And the other thing I wanted to share is that there are different roots and different uh, tasks. You have, like I said before, the tap root. The tap root is for strength. And then the feeder root is the one that's going out there to get water and provision. Now, God wants to make you strong. A lot of Christians today are one inch deep and ten miles wide. We're not very deep. Our, 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 our spiritual life is not very deep. Our prayer life is not very deep. Our meditation life in the Word, not very deep. Our commitment life, not very deep. But yet we have a big show. But a, a storm comes, that's it, I'm out of here. I knew God wasn't going to answer my prayer. Not very good. Mark chapter 4 says, uh, actually was, uh, Jesus was sharing the parable of the sower. And he's saying that there are people that are akin to uh, when the farmer sows the seed, there's a seed that falls on rocky ground. And this rocky ground, it, it, the seed will actually start forming 
a root system. It's, it'll go, but it has nowhere to hold on to. It doesn't dig very deep. So when the wind comes, it blows it right away. Many Christians are like that today. And it grieves me that we have more resources today, more ways to study God's word, more freedom to worship God here, especially in America. Can't say that for some of the other parts of the world. Right? I, I get weekly reports of Christians, pastors, and leaders in different parts of the world who are suffering great persecution, where, where, where mobs will come in to their homes, burn their homes down, burn their churches down, and yet still those people continue to serve God. One pastor just came out of prison after almost four years, Pastor Youssef. And would you believe it? This man was in prison almost four years just because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just because he switched the faith from one faith to Christianity. And this man, unfortunately, was in prison for four, not because he committed a crime per se, he didn't steal anything, no, just because he was preaching Christ. So we who here who have freedom to worship God, to, to praise God, we have freedom to, to build a life, to build a business, we get lax in our faith. We, don't, we stop trusting God and we start trusting ourselves. What a shame. How sad. And then God told Israel years ago, he said, people, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take you into the promised land. But remember, it was I that took you out of this place, and I'm giving you this land. Don't forget, once you're filled, once you're, 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 you're um, prosperous, once you have plenty, don't forget that I'm the one that took you out. What happened? Future generations forgot. And they started boasting on themselves, boasting on what they did. Don't do that, people of God. Dig deep your trust system, your, your, your relationship with Almighty God, because that's what's going to take you through the storms of life. Amen? Then the next thing I wanted to say about uh, these wonderful trees is that these trees, when they have good root systems, they develop wonderful leaves and fruit. The Bible says that God wants fruit from you. Jesus made it very clear. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you bear fruit, it glorifies my Father. What is fruit today? What type of fruit can a Christian bear today? Well, go a moment to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Can you put it on the screen? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Here are some types of fruit that we can, we can release here on earth. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, and that word love, by the way, in the Greek is agape. It's not estorgos. It's not phileo. It's not eros. Estorgos is a low-level, non-committed type of love. Eros is physical love. You know, I find her cute. He finds, she finds me handsome, that type of love. That goes only to a certain level. It's really not high-level commitment. Then the other one is phileo, which is family or brotherly love. That's also limited. You know that brothers and sisters that hate each other. But agape is the highest level of love. That's the love that loves you even when you're down. When everybody is exiting from your life, true love comes to your life and remains there with you to help you in your process. So love, joy. It's not talking about ha, 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 that type, you know. I'm talking about a true joy 
that you are, you're still hoping, you're still confident even in the midst of a storm. Peace, that's the peace that passes our understanding. Patience, that's not natural patience. That's a fruit. That has to be developed. Somebody says, oh God, I'm not patient. Make me patient. Uh-oh. What do you mean, Pastor? When you ask for patience, God will send, God will send you trouble. Because the way true fruit patience is derived is by going through hard times and trusting God. And you develop a, a patience that will help you for the rest of your life. What about kindness? That's not, I'm, I'm going to say it, that's not stupidity kindness. You know, you get caught by every scammer. Really, that's not what God is saying. There's a gentle kindness that Jesus would emit. But make no mistake about it. He was meek, not weak. Meekness is controlled power. Yes. Under the hood, I have 400 whatever. What do you call them things? 400? Huh? Uh, you know, you know. Hemi, Hemi, Hemi. I got a Hemi engine. But I'm going in the FDR. I only need 45. So I'm not going to... I got some guys, some young guys, you know, they go next to me in the red light. They look at me. It's a parkway. You can only go 45. You know? <laughs> but make no mistake about it. It's capable of doing 300. That's what that is. I'm kind, but don't mess with me. You understand? I'll cast your devil out in a second. <laughs> Physically, right? I remember years ago, Gigi Abela from Puerto Rico in the 70s, a great evangelist in Puerto Rico. He's still alive today. He's in his 80s, and when he goes like that, I mean, he's, he's got muscle on top of a muscle on top of a muscle. And this man in the 70s, he would go to Randall's Island. He would do uh, evangelistic outings. Throngs of people would show up. And I remember one time, this guy came with a knife to stab him. So the ushers ran in to come in between the knifer and, and Abila. And Abila said, no, no nobody. Bring her day. Come on, come on. Hey, just like that. And I'm standing there because I'm one of the ushers. I'm, he's like right there, and I'm seeing this thing. I'm like 15 or 16 years old. I say, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> so the guy comes in with the knife, and he's, this guy starts laughing. Gigi Abilo, the evangelist, he starts laughing and speaking in tongues. And he starts walking to the guy. And then he runs to him, and suddenly he goes. And he falls down. And he says, come here. So he grabbed him, put, a, put a, one of those, like a jackknife, headline. Come on, him in the name of Jesus. It was amazing. The guy, guy was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was saved. And had a neck ache for like a month. <laughs> yeah, go on over here. I remember that. Yeah, right. never forget. So I'm, I'm glad I saw that because years later, I was in Guatemala in a missions trip. And you know, we're having a great time. We're teaching. And my wife, it's similar to a place like this. She's teaching in the front. I'm in the back sitting down, right? And, and I'm in, just enjoying everything that's going on as she's teaching. She's a great teacher, you know, my wife. So you got to get her to teach a little more, right? So, <laughs> amen. So, I'm watching, and then there's this younger guy somewhere around there, and you can see he's not well. You can see he's not well, but he's giving his mom a hard time. So, then she says, calma, calma. So, and they had literally been on a bus for three days to get to this seminar. So, she's sitting there, and she's trying to calm him down. So, finally, he stands up, and he goes, whack, and he slaps her. I mean, I'm looking at this, I'm going, when I saw that, so I, I, without thinking, I went, I went, hey, you, stop that. You know, so he turned around to me, and he started running to me. 
with his, with his fists up. And I remember Gigi Avila. <laughs> so he came to me and I did one of these reverse, you know, I got him on the floor and I thought, listen, I'm not trying to freak you out here, but this man's head turned just about three, uh, 180. 180. And his head's on the back and he's looking at me and I'm telling you, you shut your mouth, you calm down and sit down. So he sat down. Meanwhile, his head's like turned around. But then, you know, he got connected to me and walked, but he got calm. Yeah, it was the spirit. Poor, poor guy was just really troubled. But we have to be strong in our faith because there are devils out there that are tormenting people and they want to torment us too. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Well, say that, say that. Point yourself. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise God. So the rest of the, the event, he was calm. He was okay. You know, but I, I, I did one of those things. Let me tell you, man, don't mess with me. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad I, I saw that experience. So we have to understand that part of our anointing as trees is to give off a healthy environment. I want you to know that wherever you go, you give off a healthy environment. Trees literally emanate oxygen. They clean the atmosphere. They filter the atmosphere. And they produce a fruit that is healthy for you and for me. Are you aware that there are some leaves that can heal cancer? And all known types of illnesses, the trees have got the answer. We're just figuring out. And this is me. This is just commentary. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think that the scientists know a lot more than what they're giving off. And there's some healing they won't release because they'll lose a lot of money in their licensing. It's just my opinion. And we, some of that information has been filtered down from grandma and grandpa. You know, there are plants like aloe vera and a lot of other types. The bark can heal you. My wife and I, we don't take um, aspirin anymore. We don't take acetaminophen anymore. We take white willow bark. Because in the willow bark is the aspirin stuff without the chemical stuff. Yeah, and we take it. I'm fine. Within half an hour, same like an aspirin, except I don't have all the chemical stuff on it. So in the trees, there's healing. Say to your neighbor, in the trees, there's healing. Now turn to your neighbor and say, in you, there's healing. You bring an atmosphere. Everywhere you go, you're bringing an atmosphere. You ooze an anointing. I want you to know that. So wherever you go, you have to expect that the atmosphere is going to start changing because you showed up. Because you bring healing in your leaves. Because in your bark, there is healing. That your leaves will bring an atmosphere, an oxygen that will bring faith and, and, and favor and, and love and joy. And Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it produces fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Point your neighbor say, you got that. You've got that. Hallelujah. And what I love about it is since it's fruit and since it's a tree, it keeps on growing. There are levels of this thing. Your fruit keeps on getting bigger. Your, 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 
how can I say, the manifestation of the environment that you produce gets more and more pronounced as you grow in your faith, as you dig the root deeper and deeper. Amen. And then the last thing, which, wow, this is amazing. Even in their old age, they will be fruitful, vigorous, and green. In other words, even though you get into your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you're still going to be fruitful, vigorous, and green. When Caleb was 85 years old, he has spent 40 plus years in the desert with that unbelieving bunch. For 45 years, he believed. For 45 years, he trusted God. For 45 years, he was expecting that God was going to give him his mountain. After 40 plus years of going around with an unbelieving group of people, all the unbelieving people died off, and he was still alive. At 85, he went to Joshua. Joshua, I've trusted God for all these years. Now, give me my mountain. Hallelujah. So it doesn't make a difference. Age cannot deter you. Age cannot put you down. On the contrary, the Bible says that the majestic trees, even in their old age, they will be green. And it says they'll be vigorous. In other words, you won't be walking around like this. Um, you'll be strong. Your faith will be strong. You'll cast out devils. You'll still minister the word of God. You'll still emit an aroma of godliness. Amen. The wisdom of God will still flow through you. Today's generation wants to throw away the older folk. They want to throw them away. But let me tell you something. What they have forgotten, you haven't learned yet. You need to connect yourself to people that have wisdom. You need to connect yourself to those that know. Hallelujah. Promise keepers had it right many years ago. Many years. And they still do it today. I remember when they came to New York, they gave me the privilege of working with them. And some of us worked with them. They tapped in. To volunteers. They had 3,800 volunteers that helped them to bring 44.5 thousand men to the Shea Stadium event. The largest event of that kind because it was integrated, it was, it was multinational, it was the most mixed in terms of races and cultures, right? Guess who the majority of the volunteer people were? Older folk, retired folk. Retired bank presidents, retired lawyers and doctors and, 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 you know, people that were very successful in the company, CEOs. They were just there waiting. God give us, in this local church, the wisdom to be able to tap in to the legacy. Amen. To be able to tap in to the strength and the wisdom. Amen. Of our seniors. Of those that love God and, and they've worked 40, 50 years. They've got the gold watch already. They don't want money. They're already set. What they need is a place to be able to serve and to be respected. Among the Jewish culture, when you become 50 years old, the priest stops being the primary teacher and preacher, and now he becomes a father. And the younger priests sit at his feet, and he teaches them and mentors them and lets them go and do the work. And they respect their elders. Today's generation doesn't respect their elders. And that is a mistake, because that's where the wisdom is at. The youth have the power. The elders have the wisdom. When you combine that, nuclear force, well-directed, pinpoint, pinpoint power. Hallelujah. And, and, and God is saying that he wants to link the fathers and the sons today. And when I see this, even at an old age, and the Bible makes it, not the Bible, but the scientists have been able to see this, that the older trees serve as hubs for the younger trees. So we as a church, part of, I believe this, and we received the prophetic word on this, is we were going to take care of our elderly. 
And we're going to be able to provide services for them. And we're going to be, um, we're going to have that strength to draw from. Amen. So God give us and the leadership of this ministry the wisdom to be able to do just that. Amen. But in the coming days, I received the word. I remember Cindy Jacobs. She came. She says, you're ready for your word? Here's part of the word. You're going to have senior citizen centers. You're going to minister to the older folk, the, the seniors, the 80s, the 70s. And, and, and we're going to be a blessing to them. And God knows they're going to be a blessing to us. Because they're going to help us. And they're going to give us wisdom that we don't have. Amen. It's stupid to think you know it all. When I was 20, I knew I knew it all. When I started, I found out. I didn't know what I thought I knew. And now, God help me. God help me. There's so much I need to know. So much I need to learn. Amen. So you are like a tree.